This is a loosely coupled show with James Hickey and Derek Martin. If you're new to this channel, we chat about software architecture and design. Make sure to subscribe to get all our latest episodes. So like you mentioned Kafka and then Rabbit, like where's the distinction? Like what what's the use case for each? He uses Kafka to send to Rabbit and then Rabbit sends <laughs> to another topic. We've got a, um, I mean, it's it's primarily historical so far. We've been uh, we were using Rabbit and running into various issues that they didn't have um, competing consumers until quite recently, and that was causing issues. We had a whole huge amount of infrastructure around trying to get some sort of the um, linearity process prob uh, properties that you get out for free in Kafka, trying to enforce them into a rabbit before was causing us some difficulties. Um, and so, yeah, most, I think, I think generally we're just sort of transitioning most things from rabbit to Kafka. There's, it does, they do feel like they're different, but I haven't really got a solid handle on, on exactly where the, you know, where one outshines the other, like Kafka obviously has the benefits of everything is linearized, but I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure. You know, honestly, like it, it feels it feels like it's relatively expensive to create topics and things in Kafka, and I think that's something they've resolved now. But um, you had to be quite careful. Whereas it felt like we were using uh, Rabbit with Mass Transit, and it felt very easy. You could just throw another event out and have somewhere to catch it. It feels like you can't be quite as um, haphazard as that. The Kafka, but again, I'm not really, I'm not entirely sure, and it's yeah, yeah. I guess it probably depends on what people are using either each for specifically, um, because when I was at a conference in the fall, um, I was talking to a database vendor that <laughs> is <laughs> I won't give them away, um, or maybe I maybe I will. Uh, event store and i recently wrote a blog post for them basically because of that interaction that i had with them and i i guess the conversation i had with them is how do you to them resolve the the notion that they would be used for the same purpose because to me something like there's there was a lot of things i was reading at at least last year maybe this time about event sourcing and Kafka for event sourcing. And I don't get that at all. Um, and then I had a conversation with Ian Cooper somewhat about this, which is there's just different, like so many things in our industry, there's so many terms that get confused or conflated um, that start meaning other things. So because it's a ultimately a log, um, well, to me, I'll, I'm saying this is my opinion, it's ultimately a log. Um, and you can view an event store, like event store DB as a log, but how those partitions work is very different. Um, event store is permanent. So yeah. I guess it just, it depends on how you're using and like what your purpose is for something like that. If it's simply for integration between different systems where you're just here, I'm throwing this to essentially a log and you can pick up whatever you need to do with it. Do you need permit record of it? Um, 
Yeah, so it, in terms of the way we're doing it, that it absolutely matches with what you're saying. It's not, Kafka isn't a permanent record. It's It was more the fact, I think as well, that Rabbit was absolutely not permanent. It's ephemeral. You you consume it and then it's gone. Gone, yeah. At least with Kafka, it's sort of, it seems like it's, it's sort of in between. And yep. there's a limit to how many you have in a topic. So you absolutely wouldn't want, you know, for, for like you say, for the event store, I wouldn't want my event suddenly disappearing off the bottom, you know, when it yep. gets full. That just seems, I don't know, it's madness. But yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I completely agree. Yeah, I think it just depends what you're using it for. I, I'm, I don't know. I can see how people would be, I, I get it. I like, I get why I could see using Kafka. Like I, it would fit my needs in a lot of circumstances for, again, just integrating between systems and using it purely as, as exactly that, as kind of a, I don't know what, like what's the default retention? Like, do you have to define it? Or is it like there's something out of the box that says, hey, this is what the retention is? I I can't remember, but yeah. it depends on, you know, if, if you're hosting your own or if you've got it set up, look, services have their own yeah. default retention. Um, I mean, compacted topics are interesting as well, but they are very different as well. Um, and those are quite interesting for the whole sort of internal data versus external data stuff that, you know, that Ian Cooper's talked about quite a lot as well um and so that again is for communicating between services that's that's where we use it so is it mostly like you're saying just the time just the time piece you kind of you're guaranteed of the order of events that's really the benefit for you or is there like performance considerations i mean it's it's primarily uh, partitioning um which is you can get quite nicely and yeah the the linearity so you just have you know a small number of consumers and i mean it's really that i think it's really that partitioning which gave us the thing you can have that message key like that entity key essentially so that only one consumer will be handling the messages for this process for example if you've got to have a saga you you know that even if you've got eight replicas of your your message handling services but not only one of them will ever be handling the messages for this for this one saga which is why we were having difficulties before with rabbit we had to have a whole load of we're using uh advisory locks and postgres to work around that and it was just it, it sort of worked but it was a bit, a bit messy yeah yeah so that's so that's basically with rabbit you might have multiple instances of a worker who's grabbing grabbing messages and in this case, you only want you only want that uh, let's say response to an event or to a message to happen one time. But then you basically have multiple workers who are trying to grab the same message all at the same time. So either some of them get the same message and do that same action at the same time, which is like data corruption can happen and stuff. And what you're saying, I think, is you basically have to have some kind of distributed lock somewhere that you're saying, okay, I have the lock. I'm going to grab that message and do what I need to do. I'm done. I'll release that lock. So, so Kafka kind of gives you that out of the box and you don't have to worry about having multiple workers grabbing that, that like specific message in question. Yeah, exactly. So if I've got the, you know, it's by order with ID equals three, I don't want replica number one and replica number two to both be trying to do something like messages with order that, that relate to order number three. 
I can be sure that only one of those replicas will be dealing with that particular order. And a different replica could be dealing with messages for a different order, but only one of them will be dealing with that at one time. That's Which... cool. See, I didn't know. So I'm not that familiar with Kafka, so I didn't realize that was something that Kafka, Kafka uh, solved, right? That's yeah. really interesting. Um, I kind of like to ask some more questions. <laughs> that's, really, that's really cool because it's kind of kind of in line with some some stuff that I've been working on with the distributed locks. Um, so, like, is it dynamic, or do you have to say like I've got five instances and did, like if I send a message to Kafka, does Kafka just automatically say, or like does it already recognize I have? five instances who are like connected to me for this topic i'm just gonna like auto assign this to one of them so when you set up the topic you set up a number of partitions that it has so you might have like nine partitions for example and then you have consumers of those of that topic and so say you've got three replicas so you've got three three consumers for that one uh topic then Kafka will automatically assign three partitions to each replica. So, and uh, it uses that to ID three means it only goes with partition number three, which is assigned to replica number one or something like that. So they, each each replica will only deal with a sub number of partitions. Um, so okay. then if you add another replica later, it rebalances all that and it handles that for you. So you can handle, essentially if you've got nine partitions, you can handle up to nine replicas. If you get more than that, then They'll just be, they won't be used because they can't split out any more than that. But they only have to be one replica handling a partition at a time. But the other thing you yeah. get, though, as well, which you don't get with Rabbit, is you can have multiple types of consumer for a single message, which I don't, I know you can get that actually, can you? Yeah. No, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for me, that's, that's something I didn't know, but that sounds like quite a huge. Like I could see the benefit in that as like a, basically what you're saying, right? If you have, if you're using something like rabbit and you have this message that you want to handle, but you've got like 10 instances that are available to grab that message, um, you basically have to grab a, a shared lock and grab that. And there's, yeah, there's overhead. I mean, you think of like locking in, in code, there's definitely some some overhead there where you're potentially blocking other other workers um but yeah with kafka it's very interesting yeah that's it's kind of cool um it kind of reminds me of like in code if you have like um like a like a list or a dictionary in this case it would be like a concurrent dictionary where you have a bunch of different blocks or semaphores um which might be you know for a particular key you can say give me the lock for this particular key, and I'll use that. It sounds like Kafka is really kind of doing something like that, but it's just kind of out of the box, which is really cool. You can see how it would be a lot more scalable. In terms of performance, you could definitely pump out a lot more messages concurrently that way. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the performance side, I don't think we've really tested a huge amount because we've, we've still got both in you know in production we're still using rabbit we're still using the old sort of lock style as well um it's we just don't occasionally you get a problem where two with with rabbit where two separate replicas grab the same grab a message related to the same order 
and you just don't get that with Kafka. That's the thing. You just know that you're just going to messages related to that order are always going to be grabbed by the same uh, consumer, which just resolves that that problem. Which yeah, is, yeah, that's that's the nicest thing. And then you don't have to like write. You don't have to write all that locking stuff yourself, or you can get rid of that code if if you're written it. Yeah, exactly. When I mean, it's it's not all. It's the 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 infrastructure side of it. Suddenly, it it makes it sound really trivial, but it's (laughs) it's we've still written a lot of .NET code just to manage. You know, retries are not easy. Um, Yeah. They've gone through several iterations of trying to get retry infrastructure in place, um, and the um, trying to handle like the outbox pattern using Kafka and things as well becomes tricky. But I mean, that's the case of a lot of things, I guess. Yeah, um, that's why yeah. I was going to ask about that. But I was also going to ask like if, if when kind of this was inter- inter- introduced instead of using rabbit were were other things looked at like just in terms of cloud providers like whether event grid or whatever the heck it's called in azure i don't use azure so i think it's called something like that uh or or even like sqs and sns like if those fit the bill i think they don't probably because of that partitioning that you are alluding to like if you're partitioning something by order i don't know how you would do that yeah i'm Honestly, I didn't. I didn't do the research for it, so yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, but I, from what I know of it, no, I don't. Yeah, the other thing you get nicely with the Kafka is that you um, is having multiple types of consumer pull into that and and pick up the old data. They start from the beginning of the log and they can read. You know, how, however much retention you've got, they can get up to up to speed basically. Um, so we can use that for things like. Um, you, you can have summary data as well. If you use compacted topics, you can have a sort of, it's essentially like a, it, it starts to become a bit of a distributed database. That's the only thing I start to lose sight of. Why Why is, at some points you end up with, why is Kafka better than just having a database where you have compacted topics? And I haven't really got my head around why one is okay and one is considered horrendous. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loosely Coupled Show. If you did, please subscribe for more on software architecture and design.